Welcome back to Long Covid Doctor, an educational series for sufferers of Long Covid. I'm Dr Tim Robinson, formerly a family doctor, GP for 30 years, now a Long Covid specialist. This is the second part on taste and smell in Long Covid. In the first part, I talked about the symptoms, diagnoses, investigations and the causes. In this part, part two, I will talk about the treatments, management and the outcomes. So check out the references, resources and links to social media in the show notes below. Just to say, any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention should only be considered after discussion with your own doctor or medically qualified professional. So here we go, part two on taste and smell in long COVID. So uh, before I go any further, basically a brief recap is probably called for from what I covered in part one. Problems with taste and smell are quite common in long COVID. They cause varying degrees of distress and concern with our patients and can have a significant impact on quality of life. Loss of taste may lead to loss of appetite and hence weight loss. Heightened or offensive tastes may lead to sort of an unrelenting or all-pervading nausea and a feeling of sickness, unpleasant and often distressing. Initially, it was thought that those problems were due to damage of the cells in the lining of the nose or on the tongue. However, with greater understanding of the effects of COVID and that smell and taste problems persisted, it was realised that the problem lay at a much deeper level, somewhere along the pathway to the brain, to the taste and smell areas deep in the brain, causing the problems in those areas uh, and all the downstream problems due to the connections of those areas to other parts of the brain and the body. In order to manage this, we need to focus on two aspects. Firstly, the mouth and nose itself, the local approach. And then secondly, the whole person general approach. With loss of taste, there are various suggestions to help this problem. These are by using artificial saliva, or making changes to medications. Zinc supplementation is suggested, but on the whole, there is insufficient evidence to really support this. And so it mostly comes down to managing the symptom, and suggestions are sort of eating with non-metallic cutlery, especially in those patients who, who report to us that everything tastes metallic. So it's logical. Eat with non-metallic cutlery. Avoid bitter foods. Again, some patients are saying their food, everything tastes really bitter. So, you know, logically avoid bitter foods. Flavour with spices and seasonings. Well, you know, again, that's logical, isn't it? You know, for those patients who don't, whose sense of taste is diminished or absent, you know, why not spice it up? Spice it up with seasoning and spices. Serve the food cold 
that's advice given, but never really quite worked that one out. Um, regular mouthwashing is on the list. Loss of taste often coincides along with loss of smell, and that, the loss of smell, latter is managed by smell retraining. There have been patients who have undergone smell retraining who have also noticed not only uh, an improvement, a return of their sense of smell, but also an improvement in their taste. So an unexpected but a happy outcome. So with the loss of smell, in order to regain the sense of smell, as I've said, many, many patients have been trying smell training. And there are a couple of organizations specializing in this. There's one called Fifth Sense, um, uh, and they've got a website, www.fifthsense.org.uk. And the other organization is something, is an organization called Absent. So their website is www.absent.org. So Absent recommends sniffing essential oils in their smell training kit, which they provide at a cost. And as I say, they recommend that smelling those, those essential oils twice a day for a minimum of four months. It's a long time. Um, this comes off the back of a study back in 2009 um, in which aromas were tested and those aromas were lemon, rose, eucalyptus and cloves. And so basically they instruct sniffing those, those, those smells um, essential oils, uh, slowly and gently, each in turn for 20 to 30 seconds. Both of those organizations, uh, have an extensive library of information and links and resources to help. So why not look up their websites? So, what else? What else? Uh, the other thing that, that some GPs prescribe for patients who report loss of smell, they, some GPs prescribe inhaled nasal steroids. Reasonable, reasonable prescription to make considering, you know, COVID has been due to inflammation and maybe dampen the inflammation, inflammation down with steroids. Reasonable, reasonable idea. Quite logical. However, at this stage, long COVID, you know, it's been going for many months. And so the inflamed airways are probably no longer inflamed. And, and like I said earlier, those dead cells in the lining of the nose have probably been replaced anyway. So actually nasal steroids probably won't do anything. I mean, they're used commonly in hay fever and allergic rhinitis. Um, uh, but in the absence of allergic conditions in our patients, our long COVID patients with loss of smell, um, you know, they're probably ineffective in restoring the sense of smell. There's probably no harm in using the saline nasal sprays, often prescribed in general practice for nasal symptoms, but this is probably unlikely that this will be helpful either. So having focused on the local approaches to manage loss of taste and smell, I need now to turn to the general approaches. And the reasoning behind this is that the most likely cause of problems with taste and smell 
relate to the whole pathways. And the damage that the coronavirus has done to those pathways at various places in those pathways, um, remembering the pathways from from the receptor cells in the tongue of the nose um, to the the smell and taste center deep inside the brain. So the pathway anywhere along the pathway, if there's damage because of COVID, you know, um, those are the mechanisms uh, that lie behind the, the the problems with smell and taste. So if the damage of the nerves is due to the virus directly damaging the nerve cells in the brain, and hence breaking those pathways, it takes time for those cells to be replaced. If the damage is due to microclots blocking the blood vessels in the brain, it takes time for the clot to be cleared by the natural process of recanalization or bypassed by neovascularization, new blood vessels being created. Um, if the problem is due to excessive inflammation and inflammatory factors impairing normal function of the nerves and brain tissues, it will take time for the inflammation to settle down. And likewise, if the excessive inflammatory process involves activation of the mast cells in the tissues surrounding the nerves, that too takes time. And finally, if the damage in the in the sort of the smell and 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 taste pathways is due to autoantibodies to the nerve fibers or their supportive connective tissues, um, then Again, that also takes time to settle. As I said earlier, there is no specific proven single treatment that is recommended to speed up the resolution of all those imbalances and dysfunctions. And so all we can do is create an environment that optimizes these natural healing processes. And the way we do this is to consider the more holistic, whole-person approaches, the integrative approach. And by this, I mean considering nutrition and sleep and stress. These will all work together if we address those um, areas to assist the recovery from long COVID, and hopefully in the quickest way possible. And so firstly, nutrition, our diet. Preferably, we should all be eating a mixed, balanced diet, the Mediterranean diet, that contains all the necessary minerals and vitamins, those building blocks for cellular tissue repair and function, as well as inflammatory antioxidants, those polyphenols, the, the naturally occurring um, chemicals in plants that make your fruit and veg all the lovely colours that they are. Um, the Mediterranean diet will also contain prebiotic fibre to nourish the microbiota, the friendly gut bacteria. And I cover this more fully in my talk on long Covid gut. 
A healthy gut flora is so important to support the immune system, for production of vitamins and hormones and various chemicals and neurotransmitters. Really important to support the microbiota, the friendly gut bacteria. Your diet should also contain oily fish, because they are the best source for omega-3 uh, essential fatty acids. Uh, again, these, these have so many functions in the body, but in particular, immune support. Important for this whole process of long COVID. And finally, we should consider supplementing with vitamin D. I mean, because after all, we live high up here in the northern hemisphere. And as we know, vitamin D is produced in the, in the skin, some synthesizes the skin, um, due to the action of UV light, UVB light, on, uh, on, uh, factors within the skin that bring about production synthesis of vitamin D. So there's no harm in supplementing with that. That's diet, nutrition sorted. Um, the next thing we've got to think about is sleep. Sleep is the great healer, as we all know, uh, to refresh and repair. And we must support the day-night cycle, the circadian rhythm, um, which is responsible for release of various restorative hormones, such as growth hormone. And so we should think about sleep hygiene, a strict bedtime, a sleep-inducing novel, a Jane Austen novel, um, just to just to relax us. Um, no mobiles and screens and tablets an hour before lights out. Why? because they emit blue light, uh, which is arousing, rather than pink light, which is relaxing. And if you have difficulty getting off to sleep, you could try, that is despite your Jane Austen novel, if you have difficulty getting off to sleep, you could try Pyroton, four milligrams a night. You know, you can get this over the counter, chlorphenamine, the first, first generation antihistamine, which has, you know, its side effect is, is sedation. Other uh, supplements that that have been tried and and, and researched uh, to bring about sleep enhancing effects are magnesium, five hundred milligrams taken a few hours before going to bed, or indeed melatonin, three milligrams. You can get that um, over the counter or online. You know it. Well, they both are. That certainly melatonin is safe and tried and tested and found to be effective. So I cover all this in much greater detail in, in my talk on sleep disturbance in long COVID. So that's sleep done. Um, but it's also important to tackle ta worries and a turbo brain, overactive brain and, and stress. These all lead to fight and flight, adrenaline, a sympathetic nervous system overdrive. We need to address these, don't we? We need to consider mind-body techniques, such as meditation or mindfulness, 
So you could download the Headspace or Calm app. It's not too expensive. Download that onto your phone and use that to help you to, to, to do mindfulness. Uh, there are many studies to demonstrate very clearly the, the, um, the effectiveness of stress and anxiety reduction as a result of mindfulness. Besides all that, there's also various general um, advice um, from a few trusted resources for long COVID. And the ones I recommend, or us, most of us recommend, are Your COVID Recovery, which is the NHS England website, self-help patient resource for symptoms, information, and self-management. So you can, I've put the link in the show notes below. And the other excellent resource, uh, more specifically for long COVID and fatigue management, is the Royal College of Occupational Therapists site has a, a load of excellent resources to download and as to how to manage various aspects of long COVID, and in particular fatigue. Again, links in the show notes below. And so, finally, what are the outcomes for taste and smell problems in long COVID? Well, the good news is that most cases do improve or clear with time. That's our collective experience. When I say our collective experience, i.e. those of us who are working in long COVID clinics um, with our long COVID patients. Um, yes, the collective experience is that usually it settles naturally, naturally, he says, with time. This is presumably due to the inflammatory and immune systems returning to normal. The damaged nerve cells getting replaced and reconnecting by the process of neuroplasticity. Microclots getting cleared or bypassed and all the body systems becoming rebalanced and working in harmony again. But, but, uh, unfortunately, this all takes time. And it's a pity that we don't have any specific treatment that speeds up these natural healing processes. But, at least in the meantime, you know, these explanations and suggestions that I've outlined, described here in this presentation, will help, help you sort of cope with it until natural resolution um, brings about settling of the disturbances with, with taste and smell. And so there it is. That concludes the second part of my talk on taste and smell in long COVID, following on from the first part earlier. I hope you found them both helpful. And as I said before, check out the references and resources and links to social media in the show notes below. Again, as I mentioned at the start, any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention should only be considered after discussion with your own GP or qualified health professional. 
So in the meantime, I wish you well. Uh, I wish you well in your long COVID recovery. Cheerio.